What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Because the Warhorse will fight until he brings his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! No thing, no company, no entity, all pro wrestling No more questions about that damn What's up, WrestleManiacs? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. Today it's... Did you feel that? The winds of change? I'm not going to say season five right now. Well, I mean, I just said it then, but I'm not ever going to say it again. Because today we are here. The milestone that we thought we'd never get to. As every roadblock (laughs) on earth has tried to prevent us from being here today. But I'm not alone on episode 100. Welcome back to the fold yet again. The greatest tag team partner in pro podcast wrestling history. Welcome back, Buckles. This is episode 100 again. <laughs> we have, well, and actually this is like yeah. again point five because it's like three Something times. Like yeah. 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 We've uh, yeah. Apologies for not being on here last week, but we had to uh, scrap last week's episode, which would have been episode 100. We actually had a full episode recorded. Uh, sort of. Well, okay, we had half of an episode. Rec- we had an, an entire hour-long episode recorded, but only half audio. Um, so we have the official episode 100 is the ghost episode that will never see the light of day. Yeah. V was like, you should just uh, pull your microphone out and try to talk over your what you were saying. And I was like... I can't remember what the fuck I was saying, and then I made Buckles laugh over saying some random stuff, so then I would have to remember my, like, on-the-fly jokes and stuff. That could be proving very difficult. Just ad-lib your way through it, yeah. Just react to what you thought you said originally, yeah. Luckily, we did several tests today. We've been through several technical difficulties today, and it seems... That we are here, Buckles. We have finally made it. Episode 100. Yeah. I'm fucking stoked, bro. Mm-hmm. Been a good weekend. I was actually up visiting. I was in in La Costa del Ney yesterday. Yeah. With, uh, with the motley assortment of JIC uh, network individuals. It was a fun, was fun time having a mini network meeting. It wasn't full blown. It was just a little gathering. But goddamn, man. I needed that laugh. It was Definitely. good. There's lots of laughs. I was exhausted by the time we got home, and I was like, my head, I had to take some medicine when I got back. My head was still hurting from laughter. 
That's so. when you know you've had a good time, man. That mm-hmm. was uh, actually it? last year's meeting. As soon as everybody left, I think I did just that. I took some medicine and went to fucking sleep because I and was then, uh We'll get that as a special episode of GIC tomorrow, I do believe. Yeah, 337 well, is coming time, out. Timey, wimey, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Are so, we going to drop this episode the same day as GIC? No, no, we're not going to be doing that. This will come out on Wrestling Wednesday to just cover for us and... We'll play gotcha. a little. We'll, 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 we're gonna f- have to kind of move the goalposts with all the technical difficulties we went through. But essentially, what you guys have already heard was three thirty-seven. That was us all nerding out together, hanging out, having a good time, playing cards against humanity. It is the first episode since two ninety-nine that was not video recorded for JIC. Right. So it That's is right. kind of in, in that way. It's momentous. Uh, and, and and yeah, it is a throwback to audio only. Like you're going to just sit there and listen to us be in a room and you don't get to see me fall on the floor and die 17 different times and laughter from different funny shits that were said. Cause it was a lot, but, uh, I will say this buckle since the last time we talked and the episode we had that would have been hundred, the news we covered then seems so outdated and unrelevant right. now. And like, right. how do you even it's rectify been a week. that? It's only been a week. Yeah. I know. How do you rectify that? I don't even know how to explain it. Because like if we, the episode that got recorded, we talked about NXT TakeOver. We talked about um, a couple of things regarding, I'm trying to even remember now. Uh, we talked about uh, Elimination Chamber. Sting's first big bump. Sting's first big bump, yeah. So there's a lot of things, but we've got new news that's kind of superseded that or advanced it in some way. A lot of news, and it's really weird because the news that came out for one specific company was just like one bad smack across the face after another. Because, you know, to start the show on a down note, because I feel like we can pivot and shift and bring the energy back up, uh, we lost another wrestler, man. Yeah, the the gentleman, I don't have his name in front of me, unfortunately. Joseph Hudson. Thank you. Josephus, and uh, known more to me and you, I think, as the question mark on NWA TV. Got out. Passed away earlier this week. Yeah, I think I sent that message to you with sad karate noises. But... Yeah, uh, passed away kind of out of nowhere at a fairly young age. I think in his 30s, I believe, 30s or 40s, uh, this past week. Uh, we still don't really have any kind of an explanation to it or on it. Um, other than to say that, man, that sucks. That, that's sad. Yeah, um, Billy Corrigan put out an official release, you know, making the announcement that that happened. And then kind of in the wake of that happening, did you see the other piece of NW or NWA information that kind of happened? I don't believe so. You know, I'm just going to tell you, an audience, especially if you're watching on YouTube right now, go on their YouTube, no content. Nothing is on their page Really? Anymore. All the power episodes? Everything is gone. Interesting. Every single episode of every huh. single show has been taken down. I'm not sure why. That's I don't strange. know what the reasoning is. I have no idea. And I don't know if it has something directly to do with Joseph Hudson's passing or if it has something to do with other things. There are rumors mm-hmm. coming out that maybe NWA has been bought out by Tony Khan outright and that there's a bigger shift about to be happening. See, that would be news to me. I have not heard that. Uh, there, there, There's, you know, all kinds of speculation, but 
in that being and having speculation, it kind of leads me to just wonder what is to come for NWA because, man, they were so promising. Like a year ago, it, man, it, it they were killing it. Well, you can. I think you can chalk it up. I hate to say this because it seems like a cop out, but you can COVID. chalk it up to the pandemic killing it. I mean, it was already. It was. It showed a lot of promise for viewership and everything, but it was always on kind of shaky legs. Being that it was a YouTube only show, being that it was uh, completely fronted by one person or one or two people, um, and that it was something that didn't have a lot of. I mean. Not gonna say name recognition because everybody knows NWA, but it didn't have the same net rate name recognition now that it did thirty years ago. It doesn't have the so, luster it once did, right? And it all a lot, a lot of people were either new or uh, castoffs isn't the right word, but um, a lot of lesser known people, um, or folks. It seemed like they were just there because they'd left another promotion. Um. So, I mean, it sucks. It does. If that's the case, if it's done, that's sad to see a something promising going away as we are kind of coming back to stuff that is decent um, and kind of coming maybe back on the upswing now. Hopefully, God only willing, but um, yeah, that's that is interesting. Um, I mean, and, I not know, to, and not to fuel, you know, the speculation flame or anything here. Uh, another thought that just like kind of crossed my mind is, you know, not every episode, and, and this is why I kind of shot this theory down right away, but like while not every episode of Power or not every episode of their other shows they had had Josephus or Question Mark on him, it could be entirely possible that his passing is not the most flattering situation and maybe they're trying to scrub and that's like a long shot. This is again, I don't know Maybe, uh, because we I, don't that, know. Yeah, that's that's. But this is just the timing of everything makes me look at the. Yeah. You know, you have to look at all the possible outlets, and I, I really don't think that's the case. But uh, I don't know, me, man. This is weird. To me, seeing if they've taken everything down, that to me sounds more um, like a legal issue. Like if there, maybe there's some sort of copyright that they lost or not had or maybe is somebody buying them out i don't know maybe it's a rebranding we'll see um i've not seen any really kind of updates to it or news to it so we'll have to look um honestly the biggest news that i can think of it's hard to say because there's there's storyline news and show news that's advancing the typical stories for each promotion we're coming up on we're coming right off of takeover we're coming off of, of uh elimination chamber we're coming up on revolution um there's a little bit of uh, new japan news um honestly the strangest headline i don't know if i'd call it the biggest but the strangest headline is the announcement that paul white is all elite that was a pretty interesting announcement and headline but it wasn't that headline that's as shocking as I think people realize, because that's the first step. And everyone, you're probably like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Tony Khan did an interview, and he was on an interview recently, and I don't remember who he did the interview with, some wrestling promotion interview thing. And he was talking about how, like, in the next couple weeks, you are going to see things that are going to fundamentally shake the entire foundation of the wrestling world to its core. And you're and and, and, and how recently? How recently did he say that? Now here's the here's the interesting shit. That interview came out a day before the Paul White announcement. 
Okay, so a couple weeks is still, we've got weeks to go here, things to come. So that announcement is interesting. Paul White, huge name, WWE guy. He was a WCW guy, left, went to the WWE, had a whole, you know, revival of his career or elongation of his career, whatever, and then now is choosing to go a different route. And then if you read the press release of Paul White going to All Elite, it says, on top of his in-ring return, first line of text, mm-hmm. on top of his in-ring return, he's also going to be joining commentary for AEW Elevation, a new Monday night YouTube show. So, my little brain starts ticking. We're going to play a little game here. What's the one thing that Big Show didn't get out of WWE that still pisses him off? Oh, he wants the Shaq match. He absolutely wanted yeah. the Shaq match. He wanted it at WrestleMania. He knew they would draw big money, and goddamn right they would have. You think? Look, Big Show went up against Aki Bono. He went up against mm-hmm. Floyd Money Mayweather. He was kind of the celebrity shocking yeah. match guy, and him being a big guy who could still work with anybody mm-hmm. showed how talented he is. And WWE was just like, nah, hard pass. We don't want to work with another. We're not WCW working with NBA players, you know, and shit. And then. <coughs> cough, cough, bad bunny, cough. Um, okay, and yeah. that's perfectly fine. But then here's where my brain got ticking. We've got before Revolution, not after, before Revolution, a match where Shaq and Cody are going one-on-one. Before Revolution, mm-hmm. that's a money pay-per-view match. Your babyface guy of the promotion versus Shaquille O'Neal. Like, okay, that's a money match, right? That's how WWE would present that. You wouldn't put it on a free show. Sure. But then I started thinking like, oh, but they just announced this Paul White thing. So here's what's going to happen. Shaq is going to fucking pummel Cody. Not close. It's not even going to be like, Mm -hmm. like, sure, Cody's probably going to throw a couple punches or whatever and maybe try to get some shit in and maybe the girls have a little bit of fucking action to start the match so they can have a highlight before all chaos breaks loose. But I think that Shaq is going to end up just like beating the shit out of Cody until here comes Paul White to make the save. And then for Revolution, you literally have built into a one-week announce it, drop it on the world, and it will fucking explode all around match. And it will it'll and it, and it will already set the Revolution card that is already awesome up to EB even better because you do have a celebrity rub. It just works. I have to say that I disagree with almost all of that. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm absolutely. That's what makes this show good. Let's go. Um, The reason that the Cody match got moved to from revolution to earlier is a, because of Brandy being pregnant. Sure. And C, because no one cares. No one cares. You and I talked about on the show before. No one cares about watching Shaq wrestle. Shaq versus big show would have been great six years ago, but Cody, who is one of the biggest stars in the business, is getting crickets up against Shaq because it's a TBS thing. It's a TB, TNT, TBS. They're trying to cross-promote. That's all it is. Now, do I think Shaq's going to get his match with – or Big Show's going to get Shaq, the Shaq match? Yes, I do. The, it's it's There's a working relationship there. He's there. I don't see it not happening. However, I don't see them trying to push it as a big thing because I don't think it's going to draw shit. Okay. I, I – Nothing against, you know, Big Show. Nothing against Mayweather. No, 
but the reception towards Shaquille O'Neal doing this match the entire time that that's been promoted on AEW, and this has been going on for about a couple months now, no one has cared whatsoever. So if you can't draw with Cody and Shaq, when Cody is the guy for AEW, I don't see Big Show being that draw. Well, I mean, I don't know, though, because Big I, Show's I, announcement got a lot of people talking. Just the announcement but, that he was all elite got a lot of people like, holy shit. Well, that's not that's not anything to do with him being in the ring or any kind of a match. He got a, he got news because he's somebody that everybody expected to be a WWE lifer. It came out of nowhere, and it's a surprising thing. Sure. It had nothing to do with, oh, wow, he's going to have great matches. It's The reaction's more of, oh, he's going to still do ring stuff. Oh, cool, whatever. The, I've seen more interest in the in the Paul White news. The biggest interest has been what's a what's dark elevation? What what's that? Oh, he'll be a great commentator. He like, and Shalom. Like that's been the biggest like conversation I've seen regarding both that on Twitter, on Facebook, on social media platforms, on you know message boards. It's oh cool, he's gonna wrestle. That's that's neat. Good for him. He's probably can still he's still got a little while left in him. And oh, he'll be a good commentator. What's what's this new show? Is this the third the third hour they've talked about before? Is this what they've been referring to? Which Khan has since shot down. That this is not the new show that they've been talking about. This is, I think, it's just an extension of Dark, more than anything. Oh, for sure. I just to, to get real quick onto that AEW Dark Elevation. To me, if you've watched Dark lately, and I I have watched it off and on. Dark is not what it was when it first started. When you first saw a few episodes of AEW Dark, it was the guys that couldn't get on TV or were extras or, you know, they've got a, a feud going on that they're just pushing a little bit outside of Dynamite, like your Sean Spears, like the, uh, like you'd still get a Kenny and a Mox match here and there, like the Kenny uh, uh, Janela match. Um, Scorpio Skies push came there. Now, since the pandemic hit, it's been more of a showcase for, the up and comers, the indie guys that are going to get screen time and still lose. People who have that, graduated from the nightmare thing, uh, to an extent. Well, I just I, I say that because yeah, last night I watched extent. and Leela Hirsch face somebody who just graduated from right from right. Cody's school. Right, like there's there's some there. It's a little bit of wash both, but I think it's a lot of independent people coming up that they're just giving a chance to continue to work. Maybe that's who they're looking at, you know, moving up to AEW at some point, um, which is great. Guys like Top Flight, things like that. Um, but I'm thinking they're going to separate Dark and Dark Elevation into, instead of being a two-hour show like that, and that's what it's become. Dark is now about a two-hour show, or at least an hour and a half, it seems like. Yeah. I think you're going to have Dark Elevation is elevating those indie guys and the newcomers and stuff like that, whereas Dark is going to be your actual, like, Dark matches for for uh, dynamite yeah, okay <clears throat> um but the news that tony khan is giving is that they are still planning at some point i think this year still planning a third hour of television somehow on tnt we have no clue what it is yet but they're still hinting at that or still talking like they're going to. that's very interesting it is i'm just really hoping it's not a third hour added on to dynamite because three hour shows just don't work very well doesn't work looking at you monday night raw um and this is going to sound odd for me to say, but you got Revolution coming up in, what, a week and a half? Actually, no, it's uh, Six next days week. away. Yeah, it's next week. And I'm honestly not all that 
hyped for it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I looked at that card. That card seems pretty dope. I I'm, I don't care about Jericho and, and MJF versus the Bucks. I, I don't because their characters are all over the freaking map right now. The story's terrible. There is no story, really. Uh, up until uh, up until Papa Buck getting thrown into a door last week, there was zero story between the two of them. That was pretty good. Um, honestly, I would have rather seen Proud and Powerful versus MJF and and uh, Jericho actually show a little bit of story there. The Bucks characters are terrible. I'm sorry. Uh, I like watching the matches. It's not, I'm not saying the matches are on any of the show. None of the matches are going to be bad at all. But storyline wise, I'm just not as hyped for it. Okay. And I'm sorry. It's partially it's because the Bucks characters are nothing. They don't really have characters. They're the guys from being the elite, the joke around, and then they super kick people. But they're not heels because they, every time they lean heelish, they refuse to turn them heel. They're not faces because every time they try to act like true blue baby faces, they turn them heel again. Um, Kenny Omega's character is just grating. Like I don't, I don't understand why they had him doing the whole reading to kids thing. That made no sense whatsoever. It makes no. I really the I, as much as I'm excited for an exploding ring barbed wire death match. It doesn't feel earned because, you know, there's not really been up until they like they started off really hot with the the lights out match and then they had the straight up wrestling match. So, okay, what else do you do? Where do you go from there? But immediately, immediately following Jericho or uh, Omega losing or winning the title, Moxley didn't really go after him very much. Like the spotlight became more about the good brothers and the bucks. Um, and then you get a promo from Oxley saying, Oh yeah, I'm get, I am coming for you. And then suddenly barbed wire death match. Like it's just, it's all over the place. Totally. It's all over the place. Um, I can't say I'm hyped about the women's title match because we don't know what it is. You know, we don't know who's fighting Sheeta. Um, I don't think they're going to push the Japanese bracket winner. Oh, it's Thunder Rosa all day. Hikaru Shida Thunder Rosa. I don't think so. I think it's Nyla Rose. Because I think there's still a money match to be had between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa that they're, not, they're going to blow off later. Okay. So I think it's going to be Nyla Rose again. And if that's the case, we've already seen it. Um, Miro and uh, uh, Kip Sabian versus Best Friends. I mean, I'm here for an Orange Cassidy match, but and the storyline's not bad. It's just kind of land. And Miro's character is, again, all over the place. Um, the Matt Hardy-Hangman uh, Page thing is interesting. At least, that is interesting. You got the street I, fight. Street fight, I, I'm, I'm curious about. Like, again, I'm not saying I'm not going to be excited or that I'm not going to watch it. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm going to look forward to watching it. But I'm not like chomping at the bit. Like it's appointment TV. I have to be there for it. Like I'm gonna sit there and watch it. I'll be there for it. But it's. I don't know if this is an insult or if this is just. It feels like watching any other wrestling pay per view to me. It's. Okay. I'm not looking any more forward to it than I looked forward to. Well, I shouldn't say elimination chamber because I wasn't looking forward to chamber at all. But, you know, it just it doesn't feel special 
And I think one thing, one problem that AEW has kind of shown in the past, because I've mentioned this before about their last few pay-per-views. I said the same thing going into uh, Full Gear is that I'm not as excited as I feel like I should be. I think they're really, they're putting on good episodes of television, but they're having trouble creating. And they're not, I'm not going to say they're having trouble creating long-form storytelling because they do still have Hangman Page on there that is long-form storytelling. The Mox Kenny angle has stretched out over a good span of time, but they really have some difficulties in putting stories together that are compelling week to week. Like they're good for matches, but they're, I think they need some sort of, of overarching storytelling to kind of tie them together. Kenny, Kenny is the best example I can give of that because I don't know who Kenny is supposed to be paying attention to. Is it, is he feuding with the young bucks? Is he, you know, What's going on with the Good Brothers? Are they even part of AEW? Are they feuding with somebody? Is he feuding with Mox? He has to be feuding with Moxley. Is is he feuding with Moxley because that's the story, or is he feuding with Moxley because Moxley's about to leave on paternity leave? Do you know what I feel like? I feel like we had a similar conversation last year, and it wasn't before Revolution, but I think it might have been before Double or Nothing where you're just like, what are they doing? They've got all these things going on, all these kilns in the fire, but nothing going on. And then it did evolve into really good storytelling. We got some really solid stuff that came out of that. And I feel like here we are again, where we're at an epicenter point where as a fan, if you're hyper-internalizing and hyper-focusing on what they're trying to do in the moment and not think about the bigger picture, sure, you're going to question a lot of the things they're doing because it may not right now make all the biggest sense in the world. But... Right now, John Moxley's on his route to be a dad. Writing him off TV in a death match like this, really smart. Or, hey, spoiler alert, just to talk about it here and now, we're talking about Moxley. He's still the IWGP US champion after he faced Kenta. Yeah. Shockingly. Because I definitely didn't have him pinned to win that match. I don't think anybody did, honestly. Um, and here's, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there just because I'm as fallible as anybody else. The difference between you and me when we're watching this and why I may not be as hyped as you are, think about how we take this in. You watch Dynamite every week. Maybe not on Wednesday night, but you watch it every week. What other wrestling shows do you usually watch every week? Um, Some NXTs, just depends. I do. Uh, I'm like regularly, regularly. Impact. I, I do try to keep up with Impact Weekly. So, look at me, though. I watch Raw, I watch SmackDown, I watch NXT, I watch Dynamite, I try to watch Dark, I watch Beyond this week. So, maybe it's the fact that I'm just consuming so much wrestling that it's becoming a little same. And I don't mean to sound that it's going to... It's it's not the same because AEW still world's better than what WWE's putting out, for the most part. But it may be because... Maybe I'm just not excited for the pay-per-view because I've just watched three pay-per-views in the last two weeks. You know, and maybe it's just I'm maybe I'm consuming so much at this point that I'm just not there's not enough differentiating it in terms of why I should be excited. You wrestling whore. It could be that I'm just burned out. And I even burned out, but just um I maybe desensitized to it is a better way of putting it. Like 
I'm, and I'll tell you what the, what the solution to me is. And I, I noticed it. I just alluded to it a minute ago. Uh, I watched uh, Beyond. Uh, Beyond has a new weekly show that started on Thursday. And it's the first weekly show, the first Beyond show, that's not a one-off in about a year. And I've spoken at length before that my, I, I like indie wrestling more than I like the main stuff. And it may just be that that's the palate cleanser I need. It's true. I'm looking more. I'm. We we talked about it on the last show that we're not. We're. I can say we talked about it in the last show, but you and I talked about it. They didn't hear it. Um, they're bringing back the collective WrestleMania weekend. I'm looking more forward to that than I am any pay per view at all. Because it's something different. It's something fresher to me. Um, You're just an indie junkie, bro. Could be. It also could be the fact that taking watching WWE kills the desire to watch wrestling. Watching SmackDown's all right. SmackDown is is okay. NXT is still pretty good. I saw an interesting I'm ex- I'm stat. Excited. Buckles. I'm excited to. I'm excited to talk about NXT today. But watching Raw is slowly killing my desire to watch more wrestling. <laughs> well, let me re- let me tell you this stat real quick. So it was break broken down by amount of wrestling per show. And the stat was like, this week, AEW had 55 minutes of pro wrestling. Raw had 32 minutes, and SmackDown had 22 minutes. Oh, God, that makes Raw sound so much worse when you consider that it's three fucking hours. Oh, God. Right? And only 10% of those hours is wrestling. That I believe it, too. So that's, I mean, that's something to think about and consider. It's just really interesting in and of itself. Yeah, um, WWE's mastered the art of putting content out there without giving you a reason to care about it. Yeah, totally. So. Well, hey, Buckles, before we get too deep into this episode, I do feel like we should uh, really quickly introduce. We do have a special guest. I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring him on right now, and then after he's on and says his piece, Buckles will tell you fine folks a little bit more about what's going on, and I'll let. I'll let you know, Buckles, when he's done talking, because as of right now and how we're recording this, he can't hear our guests. So we're going to go ahead and just let him come on right now. Oh, hold on. Right now. Hello, yes, this is for the wrestling podcast known as Journey Into Wrestling. These are Nate and Alex Housen host this show, and it is their 100th episode. Isn't that nice? So Dan Housen is here to say congratulations on your very nice, very evil milestone. Yes. Have a nice time to the Podfather and of, of sorts. And uh, love that Dan Housen, but of course. So how how did how did how <laughs> I, I have to throw this up, how odd and strange it was to just both of us sitting here going, hey, let's look that direction for a moment. Yeah. How how <laughs> how did Dan Housen just invade our show? Um through the magic of the WWE's black uh, black sheep, the cameo. Um, <laughs> no, uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you haven't been following Ring of Honor, Dan Danhausen is now an official Ring of Honor contract talent. And uh, Ring of Honor is actually one of the few places, uh, one of the few wrestling promotions looking at UWWE, looking at UAEW, that looking at UGCW, um, that is actually trying their best to uh, mitigate the pandemic and do their best to actually be safe. Um, so they are not unlike w- the, uh, in, in, uh, uh, not NWA, the NBA, completely different standing there. Totally. Uh, I want to see Ric Flair dunking on, uh, 
on uh, uh, James Storm now. Just but, stop now. <laughs> um, but they're actually having a bubble that their wrestlers are in while they're filming, and they film you know chunks at a time. Um, other than if we have other Ring of Honor news as well. Um, but while he was doing his uh, Ring of Honor bubble, Dan hasn't announced that hey, I want to do a special. I want to do as many uh, cameos as I can for my patrons, of which. I'm a mark and a patron, so yes, I'm part of that. So I thought oh, that'd be fun to get a cameo for for Nate and you know for a 100th episode thing. So there you go. It that's was the story. Very, that's the story behind that. It was very sweet and awesome and shocking to have. You're like, I got a surprise for 100, bro, but I don't know if I can keep it for 100. Yeah, this was like a month ago. And then like, <laughs> like a, a day after you said, I have a surprise. I don't know if I can keep. Till 100, you sent me the link, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. Dan Housen saying what's up to us. That was very swell uh, and and nice to, again, celebrate our Definitely. 100th episode. It is very nice, um, very evil. Yes. Uh, really quick, uh, touching on our uh, Ring of Honor, um, uh, EC3 officially signed with Ring of Honor. Wow. Uh, no longer a free agent, but if officially signed with Ring of Honor as of like, I think Thursday or Friday. I think Friday. Wow. Very so nice. He's already feuding with uh, uh, Jay Briscoe, I do believe. Let's spin out of that and talk about how another former ROH talent might be winding up somewhere else very soon. As reports have been bubbling to the surface, we will very soon be seeing Marty Skrull return to TV. Somewhere, some way. Um... Kind of, but uh, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but I don't think it's going to be AEW and it's not going to be WWE. He's trying to get back. He was recently on an episode, uh, or at least was spotted filming. The episode hasn't aired yet, but an episode of New Japan Strong. Yeah, that's fine. New Japan is working with AEW still, bro. Like, this is all, and, and I, again, to dive into it, you know, Marty came out and said, like, look, allegations are what they are the girl that i was okay i know he he said what he said he said his piece he tried to defend himself maybe it's not right doesn't matter people sometimes do deserve second shots and i think marty is one of these guys where it wasn't that he came out and abused a woman it wasn't he he was party marty and in England, where consent is 16, had sex with a 16-year-old. Who was drunk? Who was drunk? Just, I mean, you have to you have to address everything in the room. You are right. But the, I think a lot of the issues that, and, and again, this is basing it off of public perception because, let's face it, that the court of public opinion is what he's being tried in at this point. Um, public opinion is still not real happy with him. Oh, um, I, I vibe that, but I think... And, he can rehabilitate his image over time. He can, but the it doesn't help that New Japan is the one that is going to do it. And I say that as a fan of New Japan, but New Japan is shown that they're willing to look the other way when other people do stuff that isn't, you know, that's frowned upon. Uh, as long as it's not pot, they won't let you do pot. <laughs> you do pot, you're out of the country. But uh, Skrull, um, Will Ospreay's been in some hot water regarding things like that, and he's getting a push from them now. So it's kind of 
part and parcel that in the new japan's not really as worried about it as other places would be so i mean read into it what you will like i said he, we haven't seen him on screen we're just we've just been told he was at a taping so we really don't know much of anything yeah no you're you're very very right uh so we're, we are gonna have to see but uh you know to again touch we did just have was there any really other big headlines on the new japan uh, event that just happened other than the Kenta not match? Really, uh, not really. <clears throat> well, you had New Japan Strong, which is their USA promotion. That's where the Kenta match went down. Uh, they did just have Castle Attack, uh, which is a two-night event. I haven't seen the results from it yet, so I don't really know if really anything has been promoted with it or uh, pushed forward with it yet. Um, I, like I said, I haven't seen any of the results for it yet. Um, one last thing that I want to touch on with Marty um, specifically is the last thing we'd heard of him prior to being uh, part of the uh, the speaking out movement, <clears throat> sorry, was uh, that he was the head booker and been given a massive contract with Ring of Honor. And then after the allegations, they did their investigation, whatever that, you know, turns out to be, but they let him go entirely. Like he's not just not a booker there. He's no longer part of Ring of Honor. So, that doesn't really speak well to the situation, I guess. No, that makes sense. I, like, I not do. A, that's not a good, that's not a promising sign about it, I guess. No, I do vibe that, but I do look <laughs> at like the James Gunn situation. Not necessarily the same here, but Marty Skrull yeah. now is probably not who he was when he was 20, whatever, and just starting, and this whole thing happened. True. He was still an indie wrestler on an indie circuit who didn't have anything to gain. And unfortunately, listen, be fucking grateful he wasn't in AEW or, or WWE when the speaking out movement happened because it might have fully <laughs> ruined his career. And and maybe it should ruin his career. I don't know because uh, yeah, I yeah. wasn't there, and that's the hard part. Is like I don't want to defend... Him, I don't want to not defend the victim who said and not believe her. I don't know what the circumstances were. I know that we are in an awkward, crazy time in the world where people do a lot of things. Man, Marty Skrull's a very popular guy. Like, I, 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 I find it harder to defend a little bit, just on my personal stance. There's no comparison with James Gunn because it's not a joke. It wasn't just an off-color joke that was made. It's totally. not really comparable to uh, even Sammy Guevara you know, for making a, a really boneheaded comment. This was actually something, this was an action that was undertaken. And whether or not the legal age of consent in England is what it is, that's not going to be looked favorably on here. And again, court of public opinion is what you're fighting. No, you're and absolutely right. I, I, and you're, uh, the fact that we don't know what happened, we, we won't know what happened. Um, I don't know that he comes back from it. I, I honestly don't. I mean, mostly because if he does, it's not because some major company is giving him a chance. It's just because New Japan doesn't care. Like that That's the vibe that I get from it, and a lot of people seem to be getting from it, is that he's going to get his second chance, possibly, but it's not because somebody thinks he's gotten better, not because he's rehabilitated his image, or not because he's done anything to warrant a second chance, but more so because New Japan just like, yeah, whatever. Which makes New Japan look worse, too, but what are you going to do? <clears throat> um, I feel you. 
really in terms of promotion, the one it's, it's odd to say, because we're again on the road to WrestleMania, you know, biggest time in wrestling of the year is coming up that WWE is the one promotion I want to talk the least about. I mean, obviously we can recap a little bit of the show that didn't get aired. We talked a lot about elimination chamber and we talked a lot about what happened there. Um, well, no, actually, we didn't because the Elimination Chamber was Sunday and you and I had talked on Saturday. It hadn't happened yet. Correct. hadn't happened yet. Um, so we haven't got a recap chamber yet. Uh, and truthfully, I it's kind of good that we can talk about chamber because I've got some words to say about it. Because it that whole show pissed me off. Sure. Um, Soapbox it up, my friend. Well, a couple of things. Um, one, the show doesn't need to exist anymore. The Elimination Chamber as a show does not need to exist anymore because it's not done for the sake of having a show to build something up. It's not using the Chamber matches for any particular reason. It's just like Hell in a Cell. It's just a show that it ha- it's called Elimination Chamber. So I guess we got to have Elimination Chamber matches in it. But you had the SmackDown Chamber match, which was great. The, the match itself, the matches themselves were great. But you had... Daniel Bryan and Cesaro starting the match. Cesaro, who seems to be getting a push uh, of late as a face, <clears throat> and Daniel Bryan, who is also getting a face push, um, with the caveat being whoever wins that match gets a match with Roman Reigns that evening. So already, it doesn't matter. We, You and I have talked about it before, and it finally got you know written down in ink that, yes, Edge is challenging Roman Reigns. It was a terribly kept secret they just didn't want to acknowledge ever since the Rumble. So if Edge is challenging Roman Reigns, this match has no point. It, zero. And the fact that the, the, the Owens feud is done, so all you need is a, uh, you have the chamber match that you don't need. You have Fastlane coming up in four weeks that is completely unnecessary. Like that pay-per-view is not needed at all. But we got to fill time. We got to fill something and we're too lazy to come up with any kind of storylines. So let's have Roman fight. Whoever's going to win the match that night, just because we can't not have the title on the show. And if we don't have the title on the show, then there's no point in us having an elimination chamber match, but we can't not have one. So it's just, it's dumb. The whole thing. It's a good match for dumb reasons. And we finish with Daniel Bryan winning. And I'm going, well, all right, fine. At least Brian and Reigns can have a decent match. Or I wanted Cesaro to win, but Cesaro could have had a decent match. Well, no, we're just going to have Reigns come out immediately following the chamber match, squash Brian, move on. So, again, zero point to it. Now, what they're probably going to do is have Brian face Reigns at Fastlane. <coughs> again, just to have a show or a title defense on the pay-per-view. It's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. And if you're going to push Cesaro, why not have that be him? You know, have him win the chamber match and get and have him lose to Reigns that night, and then maybe have Brian challenge at fast lane for whatever reason. That way, you're actually pushing Cesaro, but nah, we can't do that. No, of course not. No. And then in the uh, the other chamber match, we have. Drew McIntyre going the distance and winning and defending his title in the elimination chamber, which again, cool match, but 
was it really necessary because it's not serving any kind of purpose there's no storyline going into it their story was literally we want to have the best match possible except none of us none of the viewers believe it because wwe's never done that they've never cared about having the best match possible some new conceit that they're trying to have they don't care we're never given storyline reasons that they care <coughs> sorry um so we finish that match and then we get Bobby Lashley kicking the living hell out of, of a now exhausted Drew McIntyre. And then you close the show with the Miz cashing in his money in the bank contract and winning the WWE title. <clears throat> to which I texted Nate the next day and said, I will bet you $20. I'm going to say to get on the show, $20 that Miz does not have the belt walking into mania. I'll take that bet. All right. I wanted to wait to say it here, but I'll take that bet. I know, I know you. That's why I brought it up last night. That's why I brought it up on Facebook. I wanted you to take the bet. I could use that twenty bucks. Um, <clears throat> but the storyline, and there even there's even a storyline going into it, is that he paid off Lashley to get his to get him to come out and kick McIntyre's ass. The fact of the matter is, there's no money. There's no draw. There's no benefit to having the Miz in the main event. They've booked him like such a joke. For the last year, he got his ass kicked by Bad Bunny the same night. He's been punked out by Bad Bunny, and that's that's his mania match. It's going to be uh, Miz Morrison versus Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. That's been that's been evident since the night after the Rumble. Why can't it be Priest <laughs> versus Miz versus McIntyre versus Lashley in a Fatal Four Way for the title? Because they don't do that for w, for WrestleMania anymore. They don't care. Because it'll be they need they need somebody with Bad Bunny to continue his involvement. That's Priest on storyline, and because the Miz and Morrison has been a great pairing with them, and because again, Miz is not a draw in the main event. They know this. He's a good company guy that is a good mid card title holder. They can be a main event talent on the show that you don't care about to fill time. It's. Yeah. If they'd presented him as anything other than a dork for the last two and a half, four or five years, if this had been the same Miz that went off on Daniel Bryan, I'm talking smack, sure, I'd buy it. That ship's long since sailed. Well, so we're going to get Miz and Lashley having a title match tomorrow night, which they may end up taking the belt off from tomorrow. Or they may stretch it all the way up to fast lane and then have Lashley take it off of him during fast lane. They're gunning to have McIntyre get his big star making moment actually in front of fans, like they wanted to at Mania last year. That's what they're building to. But it already doesn't matter. How so? Well, okay. So, like, McIntyre <clears throat> has been an amazing <clears throat> pandemic champion. And it's really sad that his push has happened without fans as we know it. Mm -hmm. However, trying to re-replicate that just to give him something like that, like, it doesn't... Oh, they'll get it. They'll get it. They'll absolutely get it. You know why? Because it's the first match back with... The first show back with fans. I get it, but what I'm saying is mind. I'm just saying <laughs> the idea in general is cheap and it doesn't – it's getting the pop because you can and not getting the pop because it's the best match in mind. 
There are a thousand so, different ways they could have went with McIntyre. Tons of different opportunities and matches they could have planned out that would have made mm-hmm. way more sense. Mm-hmm. But instead, what they're doing is backdoor having him lose the title to re-win it from a guy so then he can have already lost it from first Orton so then he can win it and be a three-time champion at Mania. Like, mm-hmm. so, so, so it's WWE then is what you're describing. Well, yeah, clear. I mean, clear, <laughs> that's, clearly, that's the thing is what you're describing is their exact mo. It's just, it's just shitty and weak, and it just doesn't, it doesn't sell to me. And I think there's a hardcore base of fans that want to see WWE start to actually take the risks. They keep teasing and talking about this change and evolving into the PG-13 era again and all this yeah. shit. And then, like, we get the teases of it, we start to see the shines of it, and then they just pussyfoot around everything and have these really loosely weak put together matches pretty much yeah and it's it's again because yes there are fans that want that but all the while nxt is slaying yeah nxt is still great um the thing is with wwe and again it sucks because smackdown is actually a decent run show it's it's for whatever reason it's got more effort put into it maybe it's just because it has reigns and reigns is the best character in wwe right now but the idea of WWE putting forth as little effort as possible, despite what their fans want, because they've given they've been given no reason to not put as little effort creative, creatively forward possible, is exactly what WWE's been doing for the last four or five years. <clears throat> they don't put any effort. What I just described with Elimination Chamber and Fastlane being completely dumb and unnecessary. All of it. Has speaks directly to the fact that all they're doing is painting by numbers. They already have the money made. They're already paid. They already know they're going to have people watching it because it's WWE. It doesn't matter what else is going on. And I know you can tell me that the fans are going to leave in droves or whatever thing, but they don't care because the name value still holds. They're still, I'm telling you, you, you don't follow our Twitter feed. You don't follow wrestling social media for the most part. Go on and read the shit. Read what people are commenting. And you'll be amazed how many people bitch about AEW because it's not WWE. How many blind fans there are that just follow WWE because that's what they grew up on. Foolish. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I love AEW. I love the Forbidden Door thing. I love this idea that there's going to be possibly new territories. I love the idea of something coming down and taking down WWE. But it's never going to happen. It will not happen. Because there are so many people that still, that wrestling is WWE and WWE is wrestling. You go ask somebody on the street, go flag down somebody on your, that's walking down the sidewalk, ask them what their first thing is when they think of professional wrestling, they're going to tell you Hulk Hogan and WWE or Austin or The Rock, something associated with WWE. And that's what it's been like for the last 30, 40 years. And it's a publicly traded company. It's a, the first wrestling promotion to be on network television, even with shit ratings. People don't, like, they, they have not been presented reason to care what fans think because the fans are always going to be there. I mean, you're I, not wrong hate, in a lot of ways, I, I, but I, I hate to sound pessimistic. But it's just... I don't know, man. I don't think that there is. I don't think it's so black and white. 
I think that they I, and and no offense to your viewpoint, I think a lot of what you're sure. saying makes sense. But I do think that it's not so simple as oh well, WWE is just impervious to feel these things that are happening in the wrestling world. The wrestling world is going to change and leave them behind, bro. And they are going to get left behind, and they are going to be the I old granddad. So. I do, man. I'm telling I you. I don't think so. I am telling you. People are only going to be fooled for so long, and they're going to hear. And as AEW keeps doing the shit they're doing, and as WWE keeps doing this, the shit they're doing, these two are a dichotomy going in the opposite direction, and people are going to take notice. And at one point, all, all it takes is one episode of Dynamite to change a fan. Mm-hmm. Same is to be said for an episode of Raw or SmackDown. In the opposite direction, so I I do I do think that there's a lot to still come from all this, but we're not there yet as far as like definitively saying like there's great change that's you know like, I I think even if we re, we see a new advent of the new territories even if we do get the forbidden door blown completely open, full talent exchanges it is a wrestling renaissance. You're not going to have anyone to overtaking WWE. It will still be one. It'll be one A and one B. It'll be WWE and the alternative to WWE. I think that's the best you're going to hope for. Because I can't stress enough that they may be. I'm not going to say they're impervious to fan association. Like they can still piss off the fans to the point where they might leave, but they just cycle through them and replace them with new fans. And part of that is the fact that they're still PG. The reason they're never going to go PG-13 and blood and guts and they keep teasing this shit is because there's more money for them to be made in staying PG because it's the safe alternative. It's the network-friendly alternative. It's not basic cable. It's not Showtime. It's not HBO. They'll never do an exploding ring barbed wire deathmatch. Ever. No, you're right. They're like... For God's sake, there's a reason that when Nia Jax screamed my hole and got all the social media blow up she could, they still edited it off of their video. There's money, there's more money to be made in them being PG and courting the Foxes of the world and the NBC Universals of the world. So WWE is the pedophile of the wrestling world. They're they're just preying on children. They're the Werther's original of wrestling. It's hard candy that is never going to go away, that will always have a market for it, that is safe, that is bland, and that has been known for years and years and years that people will always go back to. It's they're the plain M&Ms of professional wrestling. <clears throat> you said the Wurzlers original of professional wrestling? <laughs> yes. And not only be, not, not, not just saying because Vince McMahon's almost 80. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to make sure to send that to you. Writing writing a a show title down, are we? Yeah, that's definitely the episode title (laughs) for for 100. It's much better than whatever the F it was initially, which I don't remember now. But I I, I digress. I I believe the the Phantom episode, it was Jackass in a wrestling shirt. (laughs) So do you still like that? Um, Like, And I I don't say any of this to be overly pessimistic because I would... uh, I'm not trying to come off as an apologist for WWE by any stretch. Clearly, I don't like the, pro- the product I'm being given, but I just don't see them coming down. It's they've 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 dominated the. Do you expect Disney to fail? No. There you go. 
Okay, fair. fair. I mean, that's like, good. That, I mean, that's that's really it. It's it, it's it, but you also don't expect somebody to have the money and the drive to go after Disney to try to dethrone Disney. You're right. You know, Sony tried. Fox oh, tried. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that what is was a, what was it, an Illumination Studios is that who did like the Despicable Me and I think so yeah yeah all those they that that was really popular too right they they just shut down yeah I mean you're not wrong man but uh like it's it's when something is that established when a name brand is that established I mean you can go tell me that Kroger brand soda Kroger brand cola tastes better than Coke it might but it's not going to take down Coke as a brand. Fair, fair point. You're not going to have an independent beer label come in and take down Budweiser. Yeah. Okay. Look, Hey, look, you, sorry, you, like... you made the, the point has definitely <laughs> been made, but we can only let time <laughs> tell because time we tell. don't, we don't, we don't know the future. Uh, now I will say, well, well, to... I want to, I want to say something really quickly here. And that this is the, this is, perfect for the episode 100 because this is the new dichotomy of the show this is nate being the eternal optimist and time will tell and i want all the great things in the world and this is me going god damn it i hate everything (laughs) that's fair (laughs) that's perfectly fair i do know what the phantom episode was called and as soon as i say it you're gonna get a cackle and then we're gonna have to tell a story because the episode was called johnny smacking people Oh God! Uh, so, that's correct. So to quickly recap, why it was called Johnny smacking people. Ollie's been walking around the house telling me he gonna smack me in the Johnny because one time he hit me in the Wang Chung and I instead of saying Dick or Willie or whatever I was gonna say I said don't hit me in the Johnny boy, and then he said I'm walking around the house Johnny smacking people. He says it just like that, Johnny smacking. It's hilarious. So that's the new thing around the house now is that we we you know, don't Johnny smack nobody. I, I also want to point out, I don't. There's no way for you to show this on camera. And I wish there was. That it's funny that he can say all this about Ollie and about how Ollie's doing this, that, and the other. But he can put him in what looks to be a giant jail cell. Watch your. <laughs> that is not what I'm putting him in. God damn, it's his no, room. It's because if you look at it, having had the privilege of going over to Nate's place last night. Uh, where Ollie's bedroom is, it actually has a window out into the living room. It's up in the second floor, and it has a window out of the living room. Unfortunately, it's not a window with glass. It's a window with, like, like uh, stair railing, like vertical stair rails. So for all in the world, it looks like you have a Guantanamo fucking jail cell window up on the top God of damn your, it, bro. Uh, stairwell. People are going to get a fucking really room. dark visualistic of me because of this. Okay, they're going to be like, <laughs> keeping kids in cages. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's his fucking room. No, He's got a really no, nice no. room. It's messy, it is, but it's it a is great nice. Room. It's a great room. It's just a really fun, like it's a it's a funny quirk of the house more than anything else. But you cannot sit down below it and look up and not see that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But uh, hey, buckles, let's uh let's advance the show a little bit here because I know we're winding our way towards the end. You've only we've only got one real promotion left to really dive into. Well, I, yeah, I definitely want to talk about NXT because it is it is the it's the one that right now is giving me the most excitement. And part of it, it's it's funny because it gives me the most excitement, but it also gives me the most dread because it still leads back to WWE. Um, we're coming off a takeover, and we did a full recap on the last show. However, just to give a brief recap, um, Pete Dunne could not defeat Finn Balor for the main title. 
And when he tried to jump Balor after the fact, he was rescued by the Undisputed Era. Or was he because the Undisputed Era then completely destructed? When Adam Cole kicked Balor in the face and then kicked Kyle O'Reilly in the face yeah. to end the show. Well, last week, this, this is now two weeks since, last week we had Kyle O'Reilly come out and demand uh, you know, an explanation from Adam. And not get it. We get uh, Roddy Strong come out and try to explain it and try to, you know, reason his way through it and get kind of caught in the middle. And then this week, uh, this past week on on NXT, we had the promo that Adam Cole was going to give his reasoning for everything. He's going to explain everything. And in the meantime, the end of the uh Weeks prior episode, we had had a tag match with Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong versus uh, Pete Dunn and uh, no, I, I can't remember. It was some form of a tag match, I believe, but it ended with uh, Kyle O'Reilly getting brain busted onto the stairs by Adam Cole and uh, written off screen for about three to like five to six weeks. Dang. So we open up this week. With uh, the promise of Adam Cole, you know, giving his explanation, which we never got directly because he came out and said, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. This is not me. I've done something so terrible. I'm so sorry. Like legitimately trying to seem remorseful for it. Sure. Uh, Roddy comes out and the two of them get kind of into it and you know, get after each other a little bit. And finally, you know, Roddy kind of forgives him and, you know, brothers fight. We're brothers, brothers fight. We'll make this right. I will find a way to help you make this right. And then Adam Cole low blows the shit out of him, tears his undisputed dog tags off, calls him an idiot and super kicks him in the face. So we still have no explanation, but we do have very much destruction of undisputed era we are leading to Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, likely at the Mania Takeover. Oh, it's going to be good. It should be great. Um, the only real net loss is that if they decide to call any of them up, you're not going to see them get called up as the Undisputed Era now, which is kind of sad. Unless However, they reunite them. You never know. That would be a real quick turnaround. Not right away, but, dog. Well, I mean, if they're going to call them up, they're going to call them up soon. My thinking is that this is leading to them not getting called up at all, which is the best thing for all parties. True. Keep chatting. Uh, Give me one second. Keep going. Sure. So we also have a couple things on NXT. We have this uh, this wonderful new gimmick of Cameron Grimes, who has spent you know the last four or five months telling everybody he's going to the moon, and you know giving this this you know hillbilly character that he is loudmouth redneck whatever. Well, then the real world took place, and uh, we had the uh, GameStop stock market thing to which Cameron Grimes actually made a shitload of money on GameStop stock, like legitimately made a shitload of money through GameStop. And rather than, you know, just wiping that under the table, they embraced that, and that's now part of his character. Cameron Grimes is the redneck millionaire you know the guy who wrecks a lamborghini and goes i'll just go buy another one and jesus i i have to tell you that the bit that they did with him and the most recent episode of nxt was brilliant 
it was a three or four segment bit they did with him throughout the show that I could not stop laughing at. He was trying to reenact the million dollar man kicking the basketball away from the kid. And, and he, he kept fucking it up. Oh, he that's hilarious. The first time, like he gave it to a girl to, to dribble. I'm trying to remember how they ordered it. the first one. He did it. And like, everybody knew what he was going to do. Like, Oh, you'd be like the, like the, like the million dollar man thing. Like if you build, you dribble this basketball 10 times, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Oh, you mean like the, like the million dollar man, that, like they all knew what it was going the first time he let the guy dribble 10 times. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, I, I didn't think you were going to actually do it. Ah, no one gets one over on camera. So he goes and he gives it to a girl, a pretty burly woman. And she, he refuses to try to take it away from her because he's scared of her. So he gives her a thousand dollars. That's hilarious. Oh, now Ted DiBiase, he's not smarter than Cameron Grimes. He finally, finally goes up to a guy and has him do it. And after one dribble, just punches the dude in the face. Ah, I win. I'm smarter than. Oh, that's hilarious. Brilliant. The whole way through is just absolutely brilliant. Um, also, a couple of developments from NXT. We had Kushida and Johnny Gargano with the last takeover. It was a fucking match of the year contender. But now we're looking at possibly Dexter Loomis as a title contender as well. Uh, they're doing this really weird dynamic with the Gargano way faction where uh, he's dealing with Loomis, but uh, um, Austin Theory, who was abducted by Loomis, has now like got some kind of weird Stockholm syndrome where he calls him like Uncle L or Uncle D, I think it is, Uncle Dexter. Like he's like, oh, I get to hang out with him and eat s'mores. It was great. Like Austin Theory's played this this dumb jock character that's really, really funny. That's and Andy Hartwell. Andy Hartwell goes, I think he's kind of cute. <laughs> it's it is like this fucked up Brady Bunch thing where it's like his family, but they're all stupid. And it's it's really funny. <laughs> um we also had uh Casey Catanzaro uh getting put out on the shelf by Zia Lee and their new gimmick in a nasty leg spot i don't know okay. if you saw that have not i'll have to go look it uh well Zylee, they're doing this weird this weird uh kind of mystic chinese gimmick with her and boa and i think karen q is under the makeup where like they got a they got brought in by this weird like i'm not gonna say cult or yakuza type triad okay thing it's weird but then they got shown for weeks on end like having to train over and over and over until they were like bloodied and beaten. And like, they were like, and now they're heels. And she, Zylee is this hard ass, like martial artist fucking killer. Okay. It's just been one hit KOing people for the last couple of weeks. That sounds fun. Well, their first feud has been with Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Well, during their match, uh, where Catanzaro was going to get a little bit more offense on somebody who's been squashing everybody else. She gets, I'm going to try to describe this a little bit better. She gets thrown over into the stairs to where Casey's laying on her back on the ground. And she's got one leg kind of propped up on the stairs. And Zaya comes in and just stomps on the side of her knee. Ooh. Like from an elevated position. And it looks nasty. <laughs> like it's, it looks kind of similar to the Shayna Baszler arm stomping away. Ooh, definitely going to check that out. Yeah, I'll, if I can find a clip, I'll send it to you. It's unreal. Um, but yeah, cool situation. Uh, the other thing with NXT, and it's it's a little light on story, other than, I mean, obviously the big developments with uh, 
with the Undisputed Era because we're just coming off of TakeOver. We still have a few weeks before we get to the next one. But they did just announce the signing of a new uh, Performance Center recruit class that is the largest recruit class in Performance Center history. And there's some decent names to it. And I'm honestly really excited um, because the last few classes have had guys like um, the MSK, your Wesley and, and uh, Nash Carter, the former uh, uh, Rascals, already getting a push. I uh, also had one of my personal favorites in Alex Zane, who we haven't seen anything from yet. Uh, we've also got guys like uh, Josh, uh, Josh Briggs uh, from Evolve that we haven't seen yet. But they announced this new class. They have, uh, I'm going to name them all off. This is actually off of WWE's official article. Bronson Reichsteiner, who is the son of Rick Steiner, six foot 230 and looks like there's a picture of him up. He looks like what you would get if you mixed Rick and Scott Steiner. Uh, Taya, Taya Valkyrie is officially signed to NXT. Um, Sean Ricker, aka Eli Drake, aka now having already redebuted as LA Knight. That's a big get. Uh, Angela Arnold is another one of Booker T's uh, trainees. You have a guy by the name of Parco, Parker Boudreaux. Who have you seen a picture of this? I gentleman? know who it is. That's uh, Lesnar's kid, right? It or the kid who like looks Brock, like yes, Lesnar's yes, kid. Yes, yeah, he looks like a twenty-year-old Brock Lesnar. He's terrifying already. Um, you have Harlan Bravado of uh, of Evolve. Uh, Zoe Stark is a female that has already redebuted. She actually had a nice uh, match with Io Shirai last week. Nice. Uh, Priscilla Kelly is now going by Gigi Dolan. Uh, Cora Jade. Uh, former uh, GCW wrestler having most recent match I saw her in prior to WWE was going up against uh, Joey Janela uh, as wrestling is now as Brianna Cota. Um, you have a couple names I'm not really familiar with in Drew Casper, Cameron Clay, Joe Ariola, uh, Mat- Matrix, I'm sure I'm butchering the name, Matrix Belton. But then the few that I want to point out specifically Harlan Bravado, already mentioned. Uh, Anthony Henry is a former Evolve Tag Team Champion and someone who I've he's actually been one of my uh, in a few of my match of the weeks or uh, top tens. Um, a guy that is a great ring worker and a really underrated heel, and I'm really excited because I thought he was actually retiring. So nice. I'm really excited to see him get into WWE. Um, you have. Uh, two names that I've mentioned a lot, Christian Hubble, AKA Blake Christian. Blake Christian is a guy who I've mentioned multiple times on the show uh, from his GCW and black little pro shows. He's also been on new Japan recently. He's also been on impact recently. That's awesome. So to see him get signed by WWE, that's a big thing for them. I'm extremely happy for him. He's a great baby face. Uh, reminds me a lot of kind of a young, not in terms of ring work or not in terms of uh, overall talent, maybe, but there's something about him baby face wise that makes me think of baby face Daniel Bryan. Okay. I say that very highly. He's a natural baby face. And then the one I'm happiest about because former someone to watch, former person who has retweeted the show before, former favorite of mine, Christian. Casanova. Nice. Of Culture Season, signed to WWE NXT. 
that dude is going places. And I guarantee to you, I don't know. I'm not going to say NXT champion. The dude's got NXT North American champion potential at the very least. If they get behind him, I think he's got the potential to be a, for, a future champion for them. Amazing. So huge class. I'm, I glossed over Taya of all people for that. That is a huge get. That is someone that needed to. Once again, AEW's women's division is missing out left and right on people for reasons known but to God. I love Layla Hirsch. Glad she's there. I love Chris Statlander. Love that she's there. But they missed out on Mercedes Martinez. They missed out on Deanna Perrazzo. They've now missed out on Taya. They couldn't keep oh, Kylie Ray. They could. Well, nobody can keep Kylie Ray. Fair, but that, I'm not. That's still that's not, still worth mentioning, though. Yeah, that yeah. But they they lost out on Kimberly for God's sake. They lost out on Tennille Dashwood. It's true. The only one that's still left, really, that they haven't lost out on is uh, why can't I think of her name all of a sudden? Um, third generation used to, was the Impact World Champion. Uh, uh, oh, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard. But that's because no I one wants t- to touch her with a 10-foot stre- pole. Bingo! So that's not really someone they're losing out on. But yeah, Taya's going to NXT. Huge. She won't be on NXT long. I have no doubt in my mind because her husband works for Raw. So I can very easily see her getting a quick call-up, which will be great for the Raw Women's Division. You're absolutely right. Because man. I... If they don't change rosters up, you still that means you have Charlotte, you have Oscar, you would possibly have Taya, and you have Rhea Ripley, who has been announced that will be going to Raw soon. Cool. Um, and the reason this is all really cool, the reason I'm excited for these classes, and not just because I'm really happy with the people they're signing, is because we're, again, getting rumors. And I mentioned this on, I think, our last show. There's rumors of a second NXT show coming around. There's been rumors of a NXT Evolve product of some sort now evolve is a promotion that has worked with nxt in the past but died off with the death of the world wrestling network wwn evolve just kind of petered out it uh as of probably three years ago was right up there with beyond with black label with gcw as the one of the indie promotions it's where gargano got to start champa that was a big run that's where thatcher got a lot of his stuff stokely hathaway and then it became kind of a feeder thing for WWE. You have guys like the Street Profits that went in there and became their tag champions. Um, you had guys like uh, Fabian Eichner, who were, who's now a you know a uh, tag team champion for NXT UK and NXT. I can't remember, but uh, he was their overall title holder for a little while. Josh Briggs, their last all-time champion, is with WWE. But they're using the same the same logo that I saw. NXT Evolve was still using the Evolve graphics. So there's a theory that they're signing up a bunch of people because this is going to be the new NXT back to what NXT originally was, the developmental, the, the up-and-comers, the new breed. Whereas NXT itself has become the third brand. Without being recognized, this is the third brand because Vince refuses to. But... It's it's interesting for the future, to say the least. Oh, man, I, I can't wait for, you know, whatever is to come out of NXT's Definitely. future because they have been signing a lot of amazing names. They do have really good stories. As soon as I saw the the Adam Cole thing and that there's a, a you know, turn and stuff happening, I was like, well, I got to catch up on NXT now. Like, Right. And again, 
the most recent takeover, uh, takeover V or Vengeance Day, uh, was one of the better takeovers they've had in a while. Like there was start to finish, that show was excellent. Awesome. So, it's it, it's interesting to me that while they don't always get used very well, like they don't get used well when they get called up for whatever reason, <clears throat> cough Vince. Um, they don't get used very well when they get called up to the main roster. Whoever is doing the talent scouting for NXT, and I'm not sure who it is at the moment, Killing is doing it. a hell of a job. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Well, Buckles, I think that's probably a good spot for us to jump off of this boat. Before we get out here, as always, folks, you can check out the Journey into Wrestling podcast on all the different podcasting platforms. What are you doing? I forgot I have one big prediction that's going to blow your cap off. Okay, predict me. Bold prediction. Not predict they, me step prediction not, oh what are you doing step prediction um there's a there's a oh. uh, they signed big show not just for his in-ring capabilities and not just because they need somebody to train their big guys bold prediction he's the one that's going to take over for jr Ooh, could be it won't be for a little while it won't be for a couple of years probably but he's going to be the one that takes over down the road for jim ross I like that. May, it, I could see Taz being in that position as well. If they if he stops being a manager at any point and goes to commentary full time, I could see that. I think Excalibur's staying where he's at. I think Shivani's going to stick around for quite a while. I've been vocal about wanting to get Ross off that booth, but I think Show may be the one to do it. Well, and we so, got to wait and see what other crazy announcements come from Tony Khan and company here in the next couple weeks, because that's going to also dictate and set the pace for what is to come in the future of AEW's history. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, as always, folks, you can check out the Journey Into Wrestling podcast on the Journey Into Comics Network. Get us on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. Also, go to journeyintocomics.com and get our one feed of amazing shows just you know, journeyintocomics.com is pretty simple, folks. And also, one thing we don't want to forget, if you're a wrestling fan, you like chatting it up with other wrestling fans, Buckles, where can they chat it up with you? That would be on Twitter, on the Twitter machine, at J-I-W-on-J-I-C. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk with me. I like to talk. He definitely Make will. Make attest to this. <laughs> talk your ear off. And then some. All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us for the 100th episode. Happy 100. Yeah. Thanks, Dan Housen. Shout out to Brando Brando for being a part of the show and helping us more ways than most of you folks will ever know. He is so integral to what we do here. Uh, Yep. He's also the purveyor of the world's greatest Dusty Rhodes impression. You're absolutely right. We're going to get him on sometime to do that. Maybe we'll have a whole episode where he just does Dusty impression the whole show. That would be a terrible idea because I'll laugh the entire time. Great. I'm excited for that. That's exactly why we should do it. All right, folks. Well, for Journey into Wrestling, episode 100, the Werther's original of professional wrestling, I've been Nate. I am Buckles. And as always, we will see you WrestleManiacs next time. Later. Oh, no. I can't shut the recording off. <laughs>